Welcome to the Getting Past the Premium Podcast, where we focus on breaking down risk management problems bit by bit until we find a solution. Enjoy today's episode and be sure to follow us for weekly content. All right, well, welcome back to Getting Past the Premium, everybody. Here with a special guest, Andrew Wynn with Ascend. How are we doing, Andrew? Hey, Elliot, I'm doing pretty well, thanks. How are you today? Good, good. We were just out, what, about a month ago now at Indie Tech, Jason Cass's first year conference, and it was, it was pretty fun, man. We had a good time, didn't we? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to see so many folks in person and get together and yeah. break bread. It was really great. Yeah, it was good. And that dinner at uh what's the name of that place? Elmo's and uh is it Elmo's in St. Uh, Elmo's, yeah. The the spiciest yeah, Saint Elmo's. I've ever had. <laughs> Holy cow, yeah. If anybody out there is looking to have an out of body experience with horseradish, you should probably go to St. Elmo's. That is in, the in spot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Everybody probably knows who you are. Or most folks know about Ascend, but maybe give us your background, what you guys are doing at Ascend and you know where that's going uh, in the future. Sure. Yeah. Happy to. Uh, and and again, thank, thanks for having me. It's always great to be able to share with folks in, in the industry. So my background, I'm the, the co-founder of Ascend. Uh, Ascend is my second company that I've started. The first one we sold to a carrier, which is kind of how we you know, got into the world of insurance and learned uh, the behind the scenes, sort of how the sausage is made and and how all these things really work, um, which is, uh, I can talk a little bit more about that. Before that, before our first business, uh, my same co-founder and I, Praveen, who, who's, you know, still at Ascent, you know, is obviously a key part of Ascend. Um, <laughs> uh, and I started, uh, you know, Shelter. Before that, we actually worked at Instacart together when it was a really small um, startup. And the only reason I say that is it's a special week for, for us and Instacart uh, this week of our recording yeah. since Instacart IPO'd uh, on Tuesday. So it was awesome to see that next chapter yeah. begin for the company where we were, you know, we weren't there for the very first chapter. We weren't, weren't the founders, but, but pretty early on. And it was cool. It's cool to see that grow and, you know, just an awesome experience. Yeah, I did see that article that you know talked about a lot of the folks that came out of Instacart in the early days was was pretty interesting. I know they mentioned you in there, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it was a good time. It was a little bit of a you know kind of say that's where we sort of cut our teeth on on all things tech and startups. So we owe, owe a huge amount of uh, gratitude to to that, those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit just about who Ascend is and how you guys are are slightly different because I think you do approach you know, premium financing and agency bill and stuff like that slightly differently. Um, that would be good just for everybody to think about. At least it was for me and talking with Chris and your team and such. So maybe start there and kind of how you, you know, when, when you started the company, what problem were you trying to solve? And and then, you know, how has it evolved towards that today? Totally. So, um, you know, Ascend is a tool that for agencies today, you know, we, we expire to do a lot more, but for agencies today, we make agency bill as easy as direct bill. Um, and there's a whole, you know, it's kind of a weird thing to say. And well, how did you, why did you decide to do that? Uh, and I'll, I'll share that full context. Um, but we started Ascend um, after, as I mentioned, selling our first company to a carrier. And the carrier that we sold to was an insure tech carrier that actually they were an MGA when we sold, they bought a carrier, they owned uh, a captive you know, agency, they had 
thousands of independent agents appointed. They also went direct. And so there was kind of every mess of insurance, you know, <laughs> uh, every type of insurance uh, under one roof, which caused a huge amount of confusion and mess. And so well, it was imagine. in that company that we realized, gosh, um, all this time and effort that we're spending just trying to like make the business work is actually really hurting the things that are are really the the core function of a carrier, right? Which is underwriting and working with distribution. Um, and so we thought, okay, we'd seen we'd seen on the inside, you know, the way to to insurance is a we love the business, we love the people, we love you know what insurance provides to the communities, um, you know, to our communities and and to the financial system uh, at large. Um, and we but and so we wanted to stay in the industry and help help the industry but we knew that that wasn't doing sort of what insurtech 1.0 was doing around saying hey you know carriers are really bad at they're really outdated so we're going to build a new carrier or hey you know agents don't yeah. need to exist we're going to just go direct to consumer we we saw how misguided that was from the inside and so we thought the way to the way to enable and empower and grow this industry make it more efficient and sustainable um, is not to come in and say, we're going to replace these people who are really, really good at what they do. Care, I mean, carriers are so good at underwriting, right? Agents are so good at distribution and risk management. Like there's no way that we could even imagine being better than that. Right. And so we said, we don't want to do that, but we want to enable these folks. So what are these things that people are spending time on that aren't in service of underwriting for a carrier and risk management and and selling for an agency. Um, and there's a whole bunch of stuff, right? You know it, you live it. But one of the things that came up time and time and time again, and we had also lived, you know, on the uh, inside of this business was how money moves and how funds flows and accounting and reconciliation and all the sort of administrative tasks associated with uh, payments, billing, accounting, and insurance. Um, it's very unique to to insurance, um, you know, it's not like how other businesses necessarily run their their finance operations, given the industry, uh, and it's critical, right? You can't run a business and not get paid, so it's critical. But no one is going to be the best agency by being the best at billing. No one is going to be the best carrier by being the best at you know uh, managing customer payments, right? Uh, yeah. But those are really critical things. So that's how we started Ascend. We said, let us help with that thing so you can focus on the things that matter you know, most to you and are your unique uh, you know, capabilities. Yeah. Sorry, long spiel on that. No, that's. I think that's great background just because it helps frame in how you got to where you guys are at today and, the, and thought it was important too to provide that delineation because it took me actually a little bit to even pick that up with Ascend that like, I'd been told that by like Chris and team that you guys are focused on making that agency bill so much better, but your mind automatically goes to like premium financing. And, you know, that's just what we're used to is like, that was somewhat of either agency bill or premium finance. And so taking what is typically a pain point for an agency, an E&O exposure, all of those things and making it as simple as direct bill, but then also keeping control. That's one of the things that I think gets lost is like when you turn it over to directly, you lose control, right? Yep. To provide the experience you want to your client and, a, you know, having a solution that can better, that you can use to create that seamless experience, but control it to your client through agency bill is huge. 
Um, because some of these carriers, you know, at the end of the day, they're watching their back too, from a billing perspective. And so, you know, we had a client just recently that their check got lost in the mail, why they were still mailing, mailing a check. I don't know, but they were dealing with their bank, you know, trying to figure it out. They literally called us a week ahead of the date that the, that the bill was due. It was like, don't let them cancel us. Like, don't let them send out uh notice of cancellations and all the stuff. Cause it's a contractor, you know, all that, like we're on it. And we got a hold of everybody at the carrier we could, but guess what went out? You know, notice yeah, of, of cancellation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it was so frustrating because like they were, they were on top of it. It wasn't like it was, uh, they weren't going to pay or they were late. It was just, you know, stuff happens. So uh, we didn't have perfect. any control over that process, right? Totally. What's that? That's a, that's a perfect example of the types of problems that we aspire to solve at Ascend. And, and sure, maybe that's it's not like an an agency bill problem today, but longer term, we want to be able to sort of build solutions and work with everyone across the industry because sure, that carrier is doing direct bill, but it's still your problem, right? You had to deal yeah, with yeah. that. And think about all of, and so maybe we can help the carriers to help you because no matter what, like the amount of time and effort and unpleasant experience that was spent on that you know, the customer wasn't happy. They're dealing with all this stuff. You're calling the carrier. You're probably having your team deal with it. The customer's calling you. Oh, yeah. God knows how many people were interacting on email threads inside of the carrier. Like, for what? Like, yeah. <laughs> nothing, right? There's zero dollars of nothing value. It's just a negative thing. Yeah. And so that is a perfect example of the kind of thing we want to fully eliminate because of the time that you could spend working with your clients on risk management, selling new clients, at home with your kids, right? Like whatever it yeah. is, um, that's the kind of stuff we we want to be able to, you know, give you the time to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think that's a good thing for everybody to understand um, is it is different than say like traditional premium finance, but yeah. What do you, I'm curious, you know, you're connected into a lot of these, uh, whether it's carriers, different agencies, you see a lot of the different, you know, facets of the industry right now doing what you guys are doing. And just what's your perspective on the the landscape right now, the the hard market that we're in, all of the different macroeconomic, you know, uh, issues that we're dealing with? Just what's your general perspective on where all that's going and where we're sitting today? There's so many things going on right now. Um <laughs> Again, it's a big question, huh? Just like the other stuff. I'm not an expert in this. I, I just get to be a you know guy on the sidelines looking. But we are seeing really two big, big, big factors uh, broadly, right? Lots of lots of things obviously going on, but two big factors impacting the insurance market right now. One is obviously just this really hard market we're in, specifically in property. I live in California, uh, in Northern California, and. Um, the smoke is here, right? Like it, it arrived two days ago. There were fires up in Oregon. Uh, I think northern, you know, the, the top of California, and it's smoky. You know, I woke up and my throat hurt, and so that's such a real reminder, a physical reminder of these things that we've been talking about all year. The same is true yeah. in other parts of the country right now. The East Coast was getting, you know, hammered with a hurricane. It's a, it's this stuff is here, and and you know, the hard market is not just some intellectual thing that we have to like talk about with our with the people we're working with and in the industry it's real right and so that's one thing and and navigating that is a challenge for everyone right it's a challenge for carriers who are pulling out of markets a challenge for agents who you know are trying to find coverage for their insurance and ultimately at the end of the day it's it's really tough for 
clients, right, who need these insurance coverage yeah. to live their lives, run their businesses, feel safe. Um, so that's one one area. Um, and then the second thing we're seeing is sort of the, oops, sorry, let me cut that out. Sorry, um, uh, is right. the macro economic factors at play right now around um, the economy and the interest rate environment we're in. And the other thing I would say is like the, the and how that's changing the sort of nature and face of, of, of the distribution landscape. We're obviously seeing lots of different insurance agency, you know, retailer roll-ups of PE firms. I think I saw lately that there's like 50 plus PE firms that now have uh, agency investments. We're still seeing, you know, people wow. being every day. Um, yep. And I don't know what that means for the industry. Um, I think there's some good and probably some bad, um, but it's a, both of those things are having a, a really big impact. I'm, I'm curious, you know, what what about you? You you live inside of the the agency. What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the hardest market we've seen in a, in a long time. Um, we probably needed it to a degree just to reset on uh, where we're at, but I think nobody expected it to get this hard this fast. I mean, when you're seeing you know twenty plus percent increases and then also major changes in coverage, it it is difficult to navigate, right? But I certainly think it uh, it will set apart those agents and those firms that are doing things the right way and, you know, uh, really coming at it from a risk management perspective and trying to help their clients work through it with education and communication and all of those things. And, you know, if you've been out selling, you know, based on price and based on, you know, say a carrier relationship, it's going to be tough right now. And uh, it's really going to take thinking about things a little bit differently to work through it. But hopefully we can get to a point where we can see some light at the end of the tunnel, provide some relief to our insureds, because that's probably one of the biggest things is you get out and you start to have these conversations and, you know, inflation is a real deal. And then you add on a 20% insurance increase and, you know, it just, it's tough. So I don't know where the end the end is it seems like everything that's coming out is we're in for it in 2024 as well. Just, we're not going to see much relief, but uh, you know, we need a good year of underwriting results hopefully. And and that can, that can shift, but, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's certainly one of the has to be the hardest market in 20 plus years. I'd imagine, you know, Oh six or I mean, Oh eight, I suppose was, was around there was pretty hard market as well, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. We don't know how long it is. We're, we're both too young, but longer than yeah. you've been around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Longer than I've been in the industry. It's been a soft market since I started in the industry, you know, relatively. And, you know, you don't really realize how quick it can turn until you get in a, in a year like this where it's been, you know, maybe six months and all of a sudden it's it's gone upside down. So, yeah, totally. Wild. But I yeah. think it just, it hits on, you know, to me, what are those firms that have been positioning themselves to help innovate, to do things like what you guys are bringing to the table with Ascend and constantly innovate in those areas, sets yourself up to be able to handle situations like this better, right? Because, you know, you're not, if you've been sitting back on your hands and just letting your book renew for a while, like it's going to be tough, but those firms that are truly out innovating and working on new things are going to be fine. You know, I mean, it, 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 you're going to have some tough conversations with your clients and hopefully communicate appropriately. But if you're doing the right things, it's, you know, you're going to 
come out of it, I guess, at the right, at the right spot. So, you know, what are you guys seeing from that perspective in, in firms you're working with, or just in general, those that are looking for innovative ways to, you know, manage through either the hard market or just bring more value to their clients? You know, what, what do you just, does anything come to mind that you guys are seeing that, you know, other agents can take away and say, I should be thinking about that, or this is the way I should approach, you know, this particular uh, area or anything like that. Yeah. It's, um, I actually think the things are really related. So how people are dealing with the hard market and how people are running their agencies uh, are kind of two sides of the same coin. And right now the sort of business challenge is the hard market, right? It'll be a different challenge in some number of years. It'll be low interest rates, high interest, whatever, right? It'll be, there's always a different business challenge, but the, how you run your, your business allows you to better be better yeah. equipped to deal with those challenges. And so what we see is actually the folks who are best at, you know, who are who are handling the 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 hard market and the current challenges are the ones who are able to spend time there, right? It's the people who are thinking proactively and not reactively. Some examples are folks who have a really good strategy and usage and process hygiene, whatever you want to call it, around their data. You know, their data is oh, uh, yeah. something they are actively sort of farming, if you will, maybe that's a bad term, I don't know, but like using and putting to work, it's not a, we do it once, it's we we main, we mm-hmm. we plant this, we maintain this, we harvest from it, we replant it, we fertilize it, we use it, we take care of it, right? Um, there are people who are, you know, you constantly, it is, it will, it will feed you, right? Uh, if you take care of it and it'll on do that on an ongoing basis. People who are doing that really well is an example. People who have, good, obviously, market relationships uh, and are not just like, hey, you know, so-and-so will do me a favor, but are working efficiently with their markets through integrated solutions because that allows them to spend time with their customers, right? To create proposals that explain uh, and and spend time with them, right? To say, this is why the, the, you know, market is hard. Here's how we can mitigate. Here are some solutions. I'm going to go to these other markets versus doing busy work. And then the last thing on that that we see is just sort of core process efficiency, right? That's um, that's an area where that's true of every business. I think over the past, call it, I don't know how many years, 10, 15, 20, 25, mm-hmm. right? As technology has become more applicable inside of businesses. I think in insurance, there's still a huge opportunity for core process efficiency across all of the sort of aspects of it, right? How we interact with clients, how retailers are operating, how program businesses and wholesalers are running, and then obviously how carriers run. But what we've certainly seen, I'll comment on the you know retail side uh, foremost is over the past 12 months, we have seen a far greater emphasis on process efficiency than we ever have. People mm-hmm. looking at technology, people looking at better ways to do things, people looking at centralizing and optimizing uh, in much more creative ways and deliberate ways than we've seen. That might be because, again, you know, hard market need to spend more time with customers. I also think because of the, I don't know how to say this, uh, you know, in a delicately, we've kind of, um, we've kind of, uh, what's the, what's the metaphor? Like, uh, let the snake loose in the room, right? By, by inviting all this PE money in. And, you know, mm. even if you didn't take private equity money yourself or didn't sell maybe your neighbor did right maybe your competitor did and uh private equity i heard it described this way 
they may not all win, right? They may not all become massive accretors, for example, but private equity also doesn't lose, right? They, they can't afford to. Yeah. And so these people are going to fight tooth and nail, and they're going to have incentives and structures that make them, that force them to be efficient and sort of um, sharkish in ways that they haven't had to be in the past because of the now economic incentives and and world in which they we all operate because of that. So that's also been a huge driver, I think. Yeah, well, that's a great perspective. I mean, obviously, we've all experienced the M&A and a lot of the PE uh, impact I mean, we have here where I'm in Omaha, Nebraska, we have four or five of the top, what I would consider good locally run agencies, decent size that have been bought up by large nationals or PE, right? Yeah. And that does have impact, but I hadn't thought about it from then operationally, how they operate those firms, you know, certainly does impact that. And I think we see it from a talent perspective, I, I'd be you know, curious if the, some of that process uh, focus that people have that you were talking about isn't because there just is lack of talent to hire. You know, folks I know are having a lot of hard times finding people that they can bring in. And that is, I would imagine, necessitating them looking at what are we doing? How are we doing it? What can we do to be more efficient? Because we don't have enough people to do the work, right? But But yeah, I think those two things that out of that, that, that you mentioned are spot on. And, you know, I know that our industry is going to have to continue to think about how we approach these two issues. Cause you made it, you also made a good point in that the MA activity hasn't slow, it slowed down for a little bit, but I'm surprised at the activity that's still out there with interest rates, the way that they are and the numbers that are still being thrown out. Yeah. But you know, what I would say to that is like, I agree. It's I'm, I'm surprised too. I think that will actually just further drive this um, laser focus on maximum efficiency, right? Yeah. And because um, before, if you're buying agencies, right, if you're, you know, big PE firm number one, you can just say two plus two equals five because together these are a more valuable business. Now in this sort of capital market where we have high interest rates and investors, you know, the folks who are investing in PE funds are looking for more too. They're going to say, Two plus two doesn't equal five. It equals four. So if you want to get five, you got to you got to do something here, right? You can't yeah. just sort of put these together and say, "Great job," right? You have to say, "Put these together and grow EBITDA," right? That's how business yep. is valued. How do you grow EBITDA? You can, and as a number, you can drive revenue. Okay, that that's what we all want to do. You can also improve mm-hmm. your margin, right? How do you improve your margin? You get more efficient. PE is going to demand both of those things from these folks you know, who they've acquired. And it's going to move the entire industry in that direction because of how pervasive it is, you know. Um, and I think that's a really big theme that we're going to see bear out these next few years. Yeah, I totally agree with all that. I'd be curious then your perspective being, you know, running a company, founding a company that, you know, I guess the way I would put it from this perspective is you're allowing, you're creating some of that process efficiency with your tool to allow uh, the agency and their team to spend that time elsewhere. Right. And so I do think I agree with you that 
this PE money that's been coming into the industry is going to drive that efficiency mantra, right? Let's call it or whatnot or, uh, across the industry. But I think those that win long-term are the ones that figure out ways to do both, right? You do Wait, need to be efficient. Yeah. And you have to have efficiency in the insurance transaction and that should be seamless, right? But you also need to build a model that builds the relationship with the client that ultimately that's as independent agents, that's our biggest differentiator. We know yep. the client, we can get in and do the risk management, you know, drive results and all that, the, those things that you mentioned earlier. Um, I think those are the ones that win. Not easy to I, do, but designing a model that figures that out are those are the ones that win. That's exactly right. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, let's just take like a, an example and this is what I mean, it will move the industry forward. Like 20 years ago, no one, it was really just about sort of relationship and quality of service, right? And ability and risk management and ability to understand, to cre create a, you know, a, a package that works best for those businesses. And you did that by understanding those folks' businesses, by spending time with them, by knowing what, you know, was going on for them. And that will still be true. But if you're more expensive or harder to work with or can't compete on marketing dollars because you don't have PE, right? Mm -hmm. You your your competitor is stronger now, right? Than than yeah. they had been. Yeah. And it's not just relationship. And so you're right. You absolutely still need to win on relationship, but the sort of efficiency and how we do business, the table stakes are, you know, the ante is upped on that. And so you got to keep up there and so that you can focus on the relationships, I I guess is what I mean. But you can't yeah. you can't do just that anymore. I, I would I would argue. I totally agree. You know, I think it's it's funny. I, I have a lot of these conversations, and I hear a lot of people out there that you know act like they know exactly the the solution for everything, right? But it seems like it's one pivot or the other. It's either you have to have the most transactionally efficient model. People want ease of doing business. They they don't want to talk to anybody. Like blah blah blah. Or it's like people put their head in the sand and they're just like. I've got the best relationship with my clients and they're never going anywhere. It's like the winner it's somewhere in between is the model that, that ultimately works. Right. Cause it, cause I think that the insure tech from, you know, six, seven, eight years ago that thought they were going to displace the independent agent, you know, learned that the independent agent has a very clear place in the relationship and the delivery with the client. But those agents need to also realize that the, the insure tech and the indie tech, the whatever tech solutions have a major place in the delivery of that product, right? And so I just shake my head every time I hear somebody come out with the mantra that it's one or the other, or that you know there's a magic bullet. It's you've ultimately got to decide who's your client, and then how can you do both of these things? Make the transaction as easy as possible with tools, with tech, with process changes, and then give yourself the right amount of time to develop the relationship. Yeah, you know we heard at Indie Tech. I don't know if you were there for. Ryan Hanley's presentation, but he talks a lot about he's dry, he's building at Rogue a human optimized agency. And his, mm -hmm. you know, mentality is just that, that I want to implement all the tech I can in my agency, but to drive the right amount of time for humans to build relationship. Yes, right. Completely. Yeah. And we and we, I think we, that's we, what we, tools we, like Ascender get good. No, no, no. Go go for it. Tools like Ascend are doing, you know, and and there isn't a magic bullet. You really have to get specific on what's the model you're driving, where are the inefficiencies in, in that transaction, and then search out the solution that you can find, right? Yep. 
Yeah, I I completely agree, and I think um, that might might start. This is where this is where I get way out of my lane. I have no idea. <laughs> so, go on a ride with me here, but um, you know that that's when I think about okay, if I'm sitting inside of an agency. And I'd love to hear your, I mean, you are doing this, you are running agency, Elliot, so you should tell me uh, and keep me honest. Yeah. But if I'm sitting inside of an agency and I want that, you know, human centric technology empowered agency, how do I start working toward that? That's a fine thing to say. What does that mean? How do I measure that? One of the things that we think about and and and, and sort of work to enable is because we don't have any other proxy for it, you guys do, but our proxy is sort of revenue per employee inside of an agency. If I'm a call it 10 person agency, how much revenue can I do in the traditional way, right? Or premium, whatever you want to call it. And if where, where can I find technology that enables those same 10 people to do even more, right? Because yep. they're not spending their time on administrative tasks or busy work or work that can be done by a computer. And instead, not only are they not spending that time, they're getting the time back to go and do things that only humans can do, right? Uh, build relationships, understand clients, sell. And how do you sort of, what is the framework for measuring that so that you can go through and say, here are the things that we can do to drive that sort of productivity metric or whatever you want to call it forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, to me, it, it starts with what type of a model are you trying to implement? You know, who are you targeting and what are you going to do for them to bring value at the end? Cause it, it's different in the model you want to drive, right? Uh, it's not the same for everybody, but I don't think every, everybody is intentional enough in that to be able to ask themselves and answer that question. But once you do, then you start to say, okay, you know, the team that I have in place today, where are the areas that are causing us to spend more time off the phone with a client, for lack of a better term, uh, not building relationships and doing some of the busy work. Again, going back to Hanley, he had a great way that he framed it. He said, you know, if I determine that my team needs to spend 20 minutes on the phone with a client, to do X, Y, Z task. He goes at the start, you know, they're spending five minutes on, on the phone with the client because they need 15 to do the, all the stuff to get the task done. Right. He goes, I wanted to flip flop that. I wanted to get 15 minutes with the client and then have an efficient enough process that, you know, it took five to do the actual task. And that was a great just frame of reference. I thought, you know, to, to flip flop those two, because, same amount of time on the task, but he's flip-flopping it to the majority of it being relationship-driven, getting to know the client, all those things that, like you said, humans are built to do. Yes, that's such that's a, a much better way uh, of thinking about it. Again, you can tell we're we're not not uh, we don't live inside <laughs> it. But we're we're not agency owners. You know, we're not producers. We don't know how to do it. That time spent is is a great way to a great way to put it. That's awesome to hear. Yep, and I think too. Then also the is the experience you want to drive. You know it. Dependent upon your type of client, dependent upon, you know, how you're going about doing it. But, you know, if you're doing, say, a ton of agency bill to keep it to the Ascend example, like figure out a better, easier way for your clients to do agency bill, you know, and, and time time on it. bingo, you know, like that. But but not everybody does agency bill. That's why there's just isn't a single solution. You have to have the ability to diagnose what you're trying to accomplish and what is keeping you from accomplishing that. Right. Yeah. Um, 
the cool thing I think with the space we're in now is that there's a lot of tools out there like Ascend, like other tech, all of that, that can solve very specific problems. And I I heard something the other day that I 100% I think disagree with, but read a a guy on LinkedIn or whatever posted that said, you know, too many tech tools out there and the integrations never work. They break like, you know, you just should stick with one of the big guys or something and let them do it all. And I was like, I just totally disagree with that. I said, like, to me, there's, you need to evaluate your business and determine what are the point solution that I need to go solve, right? I have this pain point and Epic, say Applied Systems Epic, who we use for our AMS, does a lot of great things, but they don't do everything, nor do I probably want them doing everything because I want somebody like you that's only focused on improving agency bill that can say, this is my sole focus. I'm going to go do it really well that I can bring in and, and implement into my process. And so... I think there's a huge opportunity for us right now to do that. There's a lot of cool tech out there that are solving very specific problems that each agency has and is different in each agency. And you can go out there and find them and implement. Yeah, Those that I, do are going to win. I, I agree, right? I don't think there is a there is a silver bullet. I, I think um, both on process and technology, right? You're not going to go and buy one solution and say, this is it, right? Now I'm, I'm going to be an efficient agency. Like everything, it takes work, right? There's no yep. there's no shortcuts. Uh, you have to understand your bit. You have to A, have a desire, B, understand your business, C, find the tools that fit for you. Maybe for some folks, because of the way their business is, that means that a single solution that is comprehensive does it all. And great, good for them, right? But I would say, especially as we face these challenges in the market or on staffing that we've all talked about, um, there is a need for specialized tools, right? Uh, especially if you're a specialized business, you have a niche, oh, right. um, you got to be using the things that work best for your agency. I think maybe in the example you gave, this guy maybe didn't understand enough of what his specific pain points were and then was looking for, you know, it was almost a, a nail looking for a hammer, choosing tools, yeah. right? And at some point, you know, you got You got to know what it is so that you can find the right hammer for your problem. Yeah, exactly. 100% agree. I'm just curious, what else are you, you know, what, what are you hearing from your fellow agency owners around things that are sort of keeping them up at night? I mean, I think the biggest one is talent. You know, nobody can find people, it seems like. And I think that is a symptom more of talent, but also training in agencies. I think it's just... It's difficult. We're all small businesses, you know, to have really robust training programs. And to me, that's that's the top issue that I hear right now. And we deal with it too. I mean, it's it's just hard to to find people that, you know, you can get off the ground quickly and um fit into your model and ultimately make you successful. So yeah. That's I think the biggest one that that we see. Yeah. But if folks want to learn more about Ascend, where can they learn about you guys? Yeah, uh, our website is uh, useascend.com. My email is just andrew at useascend, U-S-E-A-S-C-E-N-D.com. You can also find us and connect with us on LinkedIn. You know, folks like Chris Peabody, uh, Chris Surdy, Kalen Despatakis are all out at conferences. So um, if you're interested, go say hi to one of them as well. And we'd love to hear from you. Yep. And those two are awesome people. Chris has been on the show. So thanks, man, for the time. I appreciate it. It was a fun conversation and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you guys again sometime soon here. Yeah. Appreciate it, Elliot. Thank you. 
Alright man, see ya. Thank you for tuning in to Getting Past the Premium. We are excited to continue breaking down barriers and finding solutions together. If you would like to reach out regarding anything you heard in today's episode, find links and contact info in the description. Until next time, have a great day.